All right, we are here at Temecula, Temecula Pump Track in the parking lot in my new van with Mr. Pip Hancock. Pip, how you doing? Good. So it's feeling a little creepy sitting in the back of a van in Temecula. I don't like it. 10 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> Tuesday morning. Yeah. Cool. Well, I have asked you numerous times over the years to do one. We just never seemed to get around to doing one, did we? And, no, but you, no, no. Def def definitely. Yeah, we have bounced the idea around quite a few times, but... Yeah. Have you done any podcasts with anybody else? Never. No, I don't. I was, yeah, I'm not even really, uh, I don't really listen to podcasts, but I'm going to tomorrow when, whenever this one goes up, I'm going to have a listen. But yeah, no, I don't listen to podcasts. Whiskey Throttle, I think, is the closest I get just on YouTube watching it. But yeah, no, I've never done one. So, so what do you, you don't listen, never listen to Joe Rogan or? No, I've heard he's good. No moto yeah. stuff apart from whiskey. Yeah, just weird. I have to have a visual for me. Yeah, I have yeah. to whiskey throttle. I can actually see the people talking. So, but no, I should. I mean, I'm living in a van these days. It would probably be a good thing to have playing. You know, no, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into the van life thing in a minute. Let's start yeah. with, I uh, always wanted to do it first because I've known you a long time. I had a lot of fun back in the day or not back in, you call it back in the day. Yeah. Uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. And, yeah, Got a, got a good story between me and you over the years, but um, you've always lived an uh, exciting life, I think. Uh, but it started in BMX in the UK. It did, yeah. Yeah, I actually uh, <clears throat> kind of got a, a bit of a weird introduction to BMX. Um, I, I started racing schoolboy motocross when I was about 12, and my local news agents, I would order motocross action. It would come in every month. I'd go down there, pick up my copy, and yeah, I was just obsessed with everything that went on in Southern California. I always wanted to race Carlsbad and meet Bob Hanna and all that stuff. And probably, I would say, 79, uh, by mistake, they sent bicycle motocross action instead of motocross action. And she handed it over to me, and I looked at it, and I, oh, no, this, no, I, I want motocross action. And then I was like, hold on, what is bicycle motocross? So I started flicking through it, so ended up taking it home, and that was my introduction. As soon as I got home and started reading through that, I'm like, holy shit, this is freaking awesome. I don't have to rely on parents to take me with my motocross bike somewhere. I can just build jumps in the woods and do motocross out there, so... Yeah, so that's how I uh, was originally introduced to, to BMX was through uh, bicycle motocross action. But so when you first saw that magazine, what was who was in it? Can you remember? Uh, I, rem I I've actually seen the the first one that I got, and it was a talker slide. At uh, the front cover was a guy like sliding into a turn on a talker. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember who that was, but. Um, somebody yeah. will know when they hear there somebody will tell us yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure yeah it was a big big brake slide into the turn and a bunch of dust going everywhere but um, yeah every now and then I that that pops up online I'm like oh that was the first one that's the one that got me hooked you know um, but yeah I, I, I'm sure I'd love to have the copy of that again because just looking through it would bring back a ton of memories and yeah know, even, I've got a bunch I, I don't know if I've got that one but I know somebody you know somebody will yeah, listen yeah. to this yeah. so yeah, hope I got the year right. I'm pretty sure it was '79. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was my first introduction. So then, what you went and found a bike, a bike shop, a track? How yeah, did, what so was next? in England there wasn't um, bike shops that had uh, BMX bikes in stock that I knew of anyway. Um, so I somehow managed. I think my mum found a place called Pearson's in Sutton, which is South London. <clears throat> that would order me a mongoose from from America. So um, my mum got them to order me one. I'm not sure how I 
talk my mum into that, but she got one coming. And I remember it took a good couple of months to get here. Um, but yeah, it was a super goose. Didn't have motor mags, it had um, spoke wheels, but yeah, super goose, chrome super goose. Uh, and that showed up at Pearson's. I picked that up and then just started going to town, building jumps in my local woods because I didn't know of any uh, racing at the time. Uh, I think there was a local fate close to where I lived in, in West Byfleet that put on a little BMX race. Um, so I think by the time I got my bike, it was starting to get to where people were becoming aware of this BMX thing. But England, to my knowledge, didn't have the bikes at that time. So everyone was just doing it on grifters and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I had the first first BMX bike, definitely in my area. So yeah, it was kind of a big deal. I do, I think, pretty sure Tim O'Shea raced the uh, the Fate. Right. Uh, yeah, in West Byfleet. So. And he's on my list to talk about. Yeah. Is yeah. he? Yeah. Tim and Tim and Marcus, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So they could have both been there actually. Marcus Rich. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but. Um, yeah, so that was, I didn't, uh, you know, there really wasn't any racing at the time. So I think maybe up north, I think Alan Woods had maybe started putting stuff It started, in, yeah, it, it already started, but it was still very small yeah. in little pockets, you right. know. Yeah, where I lived, there wasn't Brockwell anything. Park was the first race. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I remember that name. Um, but yeah, then I did, you know, go on to find, find out about racing that was more local to me and kind of jumped on that as quick as I could, so... Yeah. yeah what um like i say it's it, you are the pre yeah pre pre me that's why i always look when i've asked you about it yeah. can you remember your first proper bmx track you went to then when you finally kind of worked it out yeah so it was eastway yeah um by the time i did my first race at eastway and i remember my uk bmx number was 183 that's why i knew you when you told me that a long time yeah, ago yeah yeah i can't remember the name of my last girlfriend but i can always remember hey. that number for 183 183 so yeah. andy ruffle was 188 188 so yeah, so, so close was, then yeah, yeah. yeah so it was right in that time um but by the time i did my first race i actually I worked at an off license. I was 14, but I worked at an off license in Weybridge, uh, stack it, stocking the shelves. And I used to park my mongoose down the side alley. And of course it got stolen. So um, I then bikes were becoming a bit available and I'm not, I don't recall where I got my second bike, but it was a Webco. Mm -hmm. It was a red Webco. I'd never heard of the brand Webco, so I ordered a, a Redline sticker pack and sticking it up <laughs> as a Redline because there was no way I was going to my first race on a bike I'd never heard of. So. Webcos were pretty cool then, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know, yeah. you know, to me it was like yeah. Steve Thompson, he rides a Redline, right. you know, so, um, yeah, so I just, uh, I, I had my Webco, I think I have some pictures of that and so I'm pretty sure it has Redline stickers on yeah. it, but... I actually, yeah, I would just get on the train from uh, from Weybridge. I was living in Weybridge in Surrey at the time. I would get on a train into London with my bike and go out to East London and get to Eastway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't really recall how many times I raced there. I wasn't very good. I remember that. There was definitely people that were kicking my well, ass. A lot of good guys came from there. I mean, there's yeah. footage of Ruffle there, Team Ace, yeah. Nicky Matthews, Keith Wilson. There's a whole bunch of was guys that of came out of the hotbed. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I was, I was so young then, so it's kind of hard to remember, like, you know, a year 
now then felt like five years, you mm. know, so it could have only been six months between getting my mongoose and getting my webco. But yeah. you know, at the time, that was you know, a really long time. So, yeah, I, I would imagine it could have been 1980. I would have been 15 and 80. I would imagine mm. it was probably 80 when I raced my first race at Eastway. Um, but yeah, I would go up there, you know, as much as I could, but being, you know, getting on a train and going through London with a BMX, you know, this kid from Surrey, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's a bit daunting, yeah, you know, yeah. East London, especially, which didn't have the best reputation right then, you know, so, uh, but yeah, once I got there and realized, holy shit, there's actually a scene, there's people racing these things, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but yeah, I, did, I didn't get to race my, my mongoose, unfortunately, oh, yeah, that was a bit short-lived. There's some footage there, I think Clint Miller's there. I saw some TV footage on some of the old clips, and there's, I'm sure it's Clint Miller on Torca, so they maybe come over for the uh, Halfords Anglo, I think, and maybe they went down there, but uh, Clint Miller, and I also saw some pictures from a race at Eastway, and there's big trophies, like impressive trophies yeah, from back yeah. then, you know. I remember that. Yeah. I remember thinking, looking yeah. at the trophies, thinking, how am I going to get that home if I win one? Yeah, you know? yeah, bigger than trophies now, you know, yeah, yeah, 40 years exactly. later. Yeah, yeah, and I think actually, now you bring up that name, I think it was yeah. Clint Miller on the cover of the BMX action. Okay, yeah, yeah, I there think you go. So. Yeah, 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 it'll all come back to me if we keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, who did you, you started to meet people? I know you met, you know, Marcus and Tim. Was there anybody else before that? Or um, tell us about yeah the early guys pretty much I, I actually my my dad's brother lived in Wigan so I remember one summer going up to stay with my uncle Jack and I took my bike with me and it that yeah that was probably the webco too it could have been the mongoose though but I ended up finding out that Alan Woods had a shop there mm -hmm. and I went in there that was like my first destination once I got up to Uncle Jack's and again blown away by you know a shop that has a selection of American BMX products and um, so I ended up going on a bus with uh, what was his shop's name was it just Woods? Alan's Alan's that's Alan's, right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember getting on a bus with Alan's team and going to Ipswich and racing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was really Probably early some on good there. names on that bus with you, know, I'm Alan. I'm sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing Steve Grattan there, and mm. he had a, uh, a girlfriend called Andrea that I was in love with. I, There's a lot of pictures of those two in BMX Weekly. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of the, the, the newspaper, BMX News and BMX, probably in BMX News and then BMX Weeklies before it became a you know, a, a colour magazine and there is yeah. a lot of pictures with Steve and, and Andrea. I don't know, maybe yeah. that's even his wife now, I'm not yeah, sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. Was, I remember that was yeah. my first BMX yeah. crush, you know, he had a, like a hot girl racing BMX, but yeah. yeah, I went to Ipswich, I remember it was a really like hard pack almost, had, I think it had like rocks in the, in the surface, you know, it was a pretty rough track, mm. but yeah, I went there. Um, as I say, I never really did that good with BMX because I was still racing motocross. So mo motocross was kind of my my number one thing. But I, you know, BMX was so accessible. I could say just go mm -hmm. into the woods and go ride it. You know, so that it. Um, my, I think the only time I remember winning a BMX race, which uh, this was by this time, I think I was on a racing. So Alpine Sports, that was called Alpine Action back mm -hmm. then, there was a shop in London, <clears throat> um, started bringing in kind of higher end BMXs. Yeah. And I got my gold, I had a gold 
uh, Ray Sync. Nice. And, that yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. I wish I still had that. There's yeah. one of those. I don't know if you ever saw that ad in BMX Action Bike of all the bikes lined up. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like dream bike yeah. at that time. But I think I was probably 16 or 17 by that stage because I think I bought it with money I earned from the band. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I raced Earl's Court and I won one of my heats. Okay. My motos. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about that. And I remember it's the only race that my dad took me to. My mum and dad were split up and my dad... He had a Renault Fuego, which was a little uh, French hatchback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we loaded my bike in the back. And he actually took me to Earl's Court and I raced and I won my moto or heat or whatever they were called back then. Yeah. And I came across the finish line and threw both my hands oh, yeah. up in the air because I was so excited. <laughs> and my dad was so pissed off at me that I took my hands Why? off the handlebars because he thought, you, you're a fucking idiot. You're yeah. going to hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah i remember that it was super slick it there was like wooden jumps and i think yeah. they had some dirt sections that just put dust I've, and sand the earlier earls court i think you're right yeah, yeah there's yeah. been pictures yeah, yeah. Stu thompson was there okay that was my next raced. question was that the one Stu was yeah, that yeah. yeah i yeah. still have the signed photograph that i got from oh that's cool so, yeah so uh yeah red line of course but yeah i'm pretty sure that was on my racing which uh yeah the racing i ended up breaking of course they all broke i think but yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah just to have a aluminium bmx bike was groundbreaking at oh, the time you know for a long time after that yeah 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 so that and in gold too i was i was definitely living the rock star life right then <laughs> oh in your area i'm sure you know yeah it's like nobody had any of them where we were for no, a, i never saw it no. just at the races maybe you know yeah yeah and that was uh yeah alpine action i got that from and then uh you got any pictures from there? There's not many pictures from Alpine Action. I'd love to see more stuff from there. I don't. Yeah, just, yeah I don't. Because, yeah. of course, we never, you know, 15-year-old kid yeah, or six wouldn't have carried a camera no. around, you know. My brother, the only reason I have any pictures from my BMX days was because my brother just takes pictures of everything. And I think yeah. he, he came to watch me race at Eastway one time and took some pictures of me. So, But otherwise, yeah, I would have nothing, you know, because I certainly wasn't good enough to make magazines, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, no, that was... Uh, definitely the early early days of bmx and it was super exciting like i was really torn i remember being like do i want to just go full force into bmx and train and try and get better or Mm -hmm. keep doing motocross um and then yeah come 16 years old my whole life kind of took a different turn and that Mm -hmm. was kind of that was actually the end of bmx and motocross for me for a long time because i started going on tour yeah. So, so tell us about that part then, yeah, maybe it's music. Yeah, so I, I moved from Surrey to, my dad had this great idea of how to get out of paying child support. He would put me in uh, <laughs> in an apartment he had in a really sketchy part of uh, the outskirts of London by Heathrow Airport, a place called Bedfont, which is next to Feltham. And so, yeah, to, to get out of paying child support, if he put me in his empty flat above his shop, um and let me work one day a week i remember i still had my racing when i moved there so i think that's why he would have taken me to ells court because i was basically now living under his Mm -hmm. guidance you know um 
so and I remember by then in that area there was quite a few kids that had BMXs you know and I think the the burner had come out by now you know mm -hmm. so there was like English brands as well jumping in um, so I did find a little community of kids out there but I was I just left school and I was almost 16 I think I left in May and I, I was sick turned 16 in June so um, so yeah I was like this 15 year old kid on a on a BMX bike and that area I, I was I was always really into like 50s uh, music like rockabilly and that my mum had given her all given me all of her old 78 records and I just used to listen to Eddie Cocker and Elvis Stu mm -hmm. Vincent um, and when I moved to to that area there was a pretty thriving little scene of like rockabilly mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, so I had motocross was done, um, but I had my BMX bike, and then I started going to this uh, rockabilly club that was in Felton called Felton Football Club, and just started meeting kids around there. And yeah, by the time I was seventeen, I had started a band. We decided we were all unemployed, so unemployment back then was like thirty three percent wow. in England. It was you know it was. Uh, 82 or whatever it was terrible so you you would leave school and you realize there was no chance of getting a job you know mm -hmm. so you go straight on the dole me and all my delinquent friends would just sit around on bus benches all day and and we came up with this great idea that we should start a band mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was that was it we started in 82 started practicing put the band together and then by 83 january of 83 we started playing so uh, I wasn't quite 18, I was still 17, uh, and, and I remember we used to take off in, in a, a van uh, to go do gigs, and I would always bring my racing with me, so, uh, you know, I would go, you know, just do, I remember having it in venues, we would do sound check in the afternoon, and I would be inside the venue, because it was all empty, and lining up my band members, and jump, bunny hopping over, right. and stuff like that, Impressing yeah, them yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. trying to show, show them my skills, but, uh, yeah, that was, um, so th then the band took off, you know, pretty quickly, and that was kind of the end of, of uh, any form of cycling or motorbiking for a long time, because I, I was just, I was doing up to 250 shows a year from wow. that point on. Would you have so, a manager back then, then, or just kind of? We did, yeah, so a friend of ours, um, say all of, all of the band members were on the dole, but a friend of ours actually had a job, and he had a work van, so he worked for an air conditioning company by Heathrow. And so he basically would just pile us into the back of his van, and then he, we basically nominated him as the manager, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, and he started getting us gigs, and and we would do some recordings on tapes on a little four-track studio we had, and he would punt them out to record labels, got us a record deal, like it was really yeah. grassroots stuff, you know. And you'd start getting, how would you like get pressed and like in the music magazines, newspapers and stuff? Yeah, so by about eight, yeah, eight, late 83, early 84, we, we started getting noticed by uh, NME and Melody Maker, New Musical Express. It was like a, a weekly music press paper that would come out. Mm -hmm. um, it would list all the gigs that were coming up and, and uh, also it would do reviews on live shows and albums and stuff like that. So uh, we did start getting noticed as far as our live shows go. I think my tattoos... Um, you had tattoos even back then? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, started yeah. in 82. Wow. Yeah, so and I had my... 
chest piece and my shoulders done in 83 oh, wow. so you know to to see somebody that heavily oh tattooed God, yeah. back then was yeah. like and and that it was a great marketing scheme you mm -hmm. know it made us stand out um and so yeah we started getting some pretty good press getting some photos in some of the music papers and and that definitely helped um but yeah that was uh and then i think we did our first album in 84 and yeah just took off from there we, we were just touring the world you know um how was the groupie scene back then oh i was always in love i always had a girlfriend at home so you was even with heidi pretty early right no hi uh, yeah heidi my first wife was uh 91 i met okay. her so i went through all, all the 80s but i was yeah. with sophie brooks for a long time she was uh Jason McCroy's uh, longtime girlfriend. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was. Uh, she ended up being a, a mountain bike racer um, back in England. But yeah, we we were together for I think four years. Mm -hmm. um, and before yeah. Jason, she went. Yeah, Jason yeah. after that, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And for those so. listening, Jason McCroy was the first real big name in uh, British mountain biking when it kind of came across, and he rode yeah. for. Specialized. He got yeah, second. Yeah. He got famous by getting second over here. Was it the Kamikaze? I think. Yeah, that's he got, right. He got yeah, yeah. second place, which is a huge, kind of one-on-one -on -one downhill race, right. and uh, that's where he kind of blew up from yeah, that, didn't got, he? Yeah. And specialized, and fortunately yeah. killed in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, exactly. Two years yeah. later. Yeah. yeah, they were living together at that mm. time. Mm. Yeah, I remember. And Jason came from BMX as well. Yeah, yeah. he was age right. group below me. Yeah, 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 yeah. pretty yeah. good as well. Yeah, he's a good friend of Pete's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sad, sad story. But I still mm. keep in touch with Sophie. Oh, she's, good. she's actually living over here now. She lives oh, up, cool. up north. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. No, it was, so as far as group is, uh, you know, a couple of the other band members really yeah. enjoyed that. But I was always just kind of like I had a girlfriend at home that I was excited to get back to. Yeah. You know, looking back at it now, I really should have made Blue the most chance. of it. Yeah, 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 yeah should have yeah, milked but, it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was always my thing, and and I was always. Yeah, most of the people that came to see us were like, you know, rockabillies. And I, I think from my BMX and motocross background, I, I was always like attracted to athlete, athletic women, you know, yeah. athletes, you know, if they raced anything that yeah. was like super attractive to me, you know, so, um, so that was, there weren't a whole ton of those at our shows, you know, right. yeah, we didn't attract too many athletes. So, um, so yeah, that was, uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could think of some stories for you, Dale. Yeah, we'll say that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how can do it. that is at our age. It just <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about, obviously, the band's carrying on, and then you slowly make your way to America, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, did the band all the way through the 80s, and as I say, it was really, really a busy schedule. Um, and we started going into uh, a lot of Europe. Um, we got on the uh, university scene in England, which was really big for us. We would be like us and the House Martins and us and everything but the girl and stuff like that. Oh, so that's cool. we would do a lot of uh, shows with bands that weren't in our genre. They weren't like a rockabilly band. They mm -hmm. were, you know, um, House Martins. They were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Caravan um, of Love. Is that what it was exactly, called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was their biggest hit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they so that really helped us a lot. That kind of um, put us out to a broader audience than we would have had mm -hmm. just staying in the rockabilly line. Uh, but then, you know, in Europe, uh, Japan, Brazil, um, 
our style of music really started taking off. So, and we were kind of considered, you know, the grandfathers almost of it. There was starting to become more and more bands doing what we did. We didn't do uh, straight rockabilly. It was like a mix of punk and rockabilly. So, um, they called it psychabilly in that, and it just started taking off in other parts of the world. So. Yeah, before we knew it, we were, you know, flying around the world doing shows and, and uh, I never drank at that time. I, you know, I didn't, didn't like the taste of alcohol. I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. No. So I was always, when I was at home, I was always racing. Yeah. So I was racing uh, motocross, a little bit of BMX still every now and then. I think it was more, I would like go down to Bournemouth with Tim O'Shea and Marcus and, yeah. you know, when I was home, yeah. which was hardly ever. Um, but I would, I would keep up on racing motocross, which was hard because, you know, I'd be on the road for two months mm. and, oh shit, there's a race tomorrow the day after I get back, you no know, prep. yeah, it's not in shape and, you know, um, and then I got into mountain bike racing in uh, 80, 84. I got a Saracen Eiger. Right at the start was, then in yeah, England, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 A company called Saracen. I, I remember. Yeah. yeah, still yeah. Around I think Peter read for them before he... Did he? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think before he got really big time. Yeah. Yeah. Saracen well, Eiger was the maybe model. Wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I, again, I stumbled across mountain biking and it may have been through, a, it was probably through a motocross action or a BMX action. Yeah. They did a feature yeah. on mountain bikes or something, you know, so I'm like, oh yeah, I want some of that. Well, Chris Simmons was <laughs> always the first BMXer in England that got into mountain biking. Chris Simmons yeah. was like number two or three behind Ruffle and rode for Diamondback, really good rider. I remember that name, And he yeah. checked out in the mid eighties to do mountain biking. And yeah. there is a few magazines I've seen ads of in mid eighties, yeah. and, and they'd always say Chris Simmons. The, the Kellogg's the interview is like, "Well, I race mountain bikes now," and that's when the first okay. time we kind of heard of it. So it must have been yeah. Yeah, around that time. Probably around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was. I remember doing some of the British Championships. I was doing, you know, cross country. There, I don't, I don't think there was downhill back then. Um, but yeah, there would literally be forty people at the British Championships. Yeah. Maybe not even that, you know. So you're always guaranteed a pretty good place. You remember yeah. any of the names that were doing it? Uh, like Tim Gall, David Tim Baker. Gould. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yep, them yep. guys are early that's guys. That's right because they yeah. they, they did a lot of cyclocrossing. Yes, into, that's right. Know, yeah, they were kind of naturals into yeah. mountain Nick biking. Craig still doing Nick it now. Craig, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he really He's still in it? Yeah, wow. yeah I follow him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I if I yeah if I looked through an old magazine, I'd probably re remember yeah. all of the Deb Morell. I remember okay. was the top girl at the time. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to wrap my brains on that. I only prepared to talk BMX today, I so I didn't <laughs> didn't think about mountain bikes. But yeah, I got into that early as well, and that actually. Uh, that was something I could take on tour with me if we mm -hmm. were in Europe. I would bring the bike in the van and I could train. I could keep in shape, you know, so when I was home, I could jump straight back in and do a mountain bike race. Yeah. So um, that kind of became more of a passion, you know, through the mid 80s and into the late 80s. Uh, so yeah, just always kind of, and mixed with motocross still, motocross was always my first love, you know, but I, I was always getting hurt, you know, I was always breaking bones and shit like that. I've, I've definitely been on stage more than once in a cast, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of it through the eighties. As I say, I always kind of kept a clean lifestyle and my, my real passion was, was two wheels. Mm -hmm. always has been, you know, music. Uh, it has 
other than that for that few months that we put the band together and the excitement of getting our first record deal and getting our first out of the country show i was pretty passionate about it then but otherwise music has never really been a passion for me you know it became a job pretty quick i love being on stage for that hour that we play like i love the performance aspect of it showing off to a crowd of people mm -hmm. or making fun of people or whatever i do up there yeah um but the rest of it i don't really yeah know. all the years i've spent hanging out with you never yeah, ever talk about the band no no always yeah don't bring it. people yeah. ask me what do you do oh i uh, ride mountain bikes yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah the yeah. last thing i think of as to what i actually do so yeah it's kind of interesting but uh yeah well, yeah there was so much about it that i didn't really like because as someone who doesn't drink or you know i was just around drunk people all night and that irritated Annoying, me yeah, yeah. and then every morning was a different airport you know and, mm -hmm. and and you're going to great places like brazil or italy and you're not seeing any of it you know you're just seeing an airport a hotel room very similar to the racing really exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you've traveled a ton but you don't really feel like you've been yeah so i started to kind of it started to get kind of old towards the late 80s um and we were actually starting to wind the band down and and the scene was dying off a little bit for us um so i just uh just yeah thought oh, we've got a lawnmower firing up there he goes there he goes on. Yeah, it's a high horsepower one so he got, <laughs> got out of here quick yeah um yeah, so, um, yeah, by the late 80s, started winding down, like, okay, I think we're going to have to go get a job here at some <laughs> point, you know, it's getting close, the end is near. Uh, I've had that story many times. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that was 30-something years yeah. ago. Um, but, yeah, that, and then I met my first wife, Heidi, uh, at a show in London. She came to see us play, and, uh, yeah, that was... a interesting story within just a handful of hours we decided it would be mm -hmm. a great idea to get married so uh, she was from San Diego and so I moved out here and we were married for 17 years so had a couple of kids so yeah didn't turn out to be a terrible idea after I think all. I think Heidi would be a podcast as well you know yeah yeah some she, of the people she went to school with and stuff you absolutely, know absolutely yeah. yeah yeah she grew up in Vista and Carlsbad mm. area and yeah, a lot of skaters. And, yeah, yeah, and a lot of BMX. I remember she introduced me to Chris Potts. Do you know okay, yeah, 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 freestyle, yeah, yeah. That she she went to school with, you know, and, and so I used to. Did she go to school with Gator as well? I think so. Yeah, she she knows all of because oh, she yeah. she sends yeah. me links and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she definitely has a yeah. yeah she was it right in the thick of it and of the like punk scene, of, you know, in California, Orange County punk scene, all that stuff. So, yeah, and that's that's really why we got together. She didn't. Well, one of the reasons she didn't drink either, you know, but she was mm -hmm. all tattooed, and it was just kind of like, oh, this is like a female me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's definitely so, a very cool chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how I ended up in the states, and um, yeah, did did get back into BMX for you know in various ways once I got out here. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. how you met Neil, right? Obviously, I met you through Neil Wood. Exactly. So yeah. tell us about that meeting Neil. Yeah. So. I we always used to play a club called the Adelphi Club in Hull uh, in the north of England and I remember there were always two brothers there that uh, I thought they were twins they both had kind of fucked up eyes they looked like <laughs> English bull terriers I remember that <laughs> but um yeah I thought they were but they, it turns out they were brothers but they were really into the guanabats into the band so yeah. um 
So yeah, when, when I finally did meet Neil, uh, I was over here already. And as soon as I met him, I'm like, oh yeah, I know you. I remember you and your brother, you know? So, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was kind of an immediate connection there. He was already out here, obviously. I think you guys were sharing Early 90s, together. yeah, yeah, yeah. He got here a little bit before me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, so we, yeah, we're two English guys with yeah. similar backgrounds mm. and passions, you know, from BMX to, to music. Yeah, and, but he was a big fan of you. I mean, I've got, a, I've showed it you. I've got a podium picture, picture of me and Neil the 1987 British Championships at Derby, 15 years old, and on the yeah. podium, I'm on Powerlight, and Neil's got a Guanabats yeah, sweatshirt right. that he raced in that weekend. That's right. You know, yeah. so he's a true fan. Isn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was getting my name out there. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I was actually speaking of Derby, I remember we played Derby one night, and I had my BMX bike with me, and I rode that track. Oh, he did just during the day. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, boys, we got to go to the BMX track tomorrow morning yeah. you know, before we head up to Scotland or wherever we were going. So, yeah, that was kind of a normal thing to you know find tracks and Why hit them up. While there were so many back then as well. You, yeah, yeah, that's right. All over the place. Yeah, Chertsey, I'd go to a lot. I remember that as well before I moved to the states. You still know, still a good Derby and Chertsey, still two good tracks today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I kind of got to know Tim and Marcus pretty well. You know, mm -hmm. we live very close to each other. So I know we're backtracking here a bit, but yeah, the things will come to me that I might have to yeah, jump yeah. back to. But, but uh, yeah, and then Tim, okay, yeah, so yeah, forgot about that part. Another bit of BMX trivia. So Tim had moved to the States um, and was starting to race single a pro, a pro yeah a pro yeah out here so bicycle um, sauce exactly yeah. yeah so he lived with a guy called joe stern out in san pedro who uh then owned the bicycle sauce he mm -hmm. had bought it from the original guys but of course to me and tim the bicycle sauce was like heaven you know, yeah yeah you know because of bmx action days so that would have been late 80s that tim was out here living with joe and he told me, you know, anytime you want to come out, you know, you can sleep in the room and spare room or whatever. So I came out and that was my first introduction to riding BMX out in the States. And I remember I raced Coal Canyon, uh, Y, Orange Y, I mm -hmm. think I raced. Um, but yeah, just just kind of hanging out with Tim and, and around Bicycle Source. I would just hang out in Bicycle Source all day. Just yeah. Is that when you met Jason Thompson and some of them guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, they always uh, still talk yeah, about Cullinan. you. Yeah, Cullinan. Yeah, yeah, I met Cullinan because he was still... And he yeah, had, he read from you, of course. Yeah, yeah, he had actually just started getting into mountain biking. Mm -hmm. I think I already was into mountain biking, but he had a Fisher CR7, which was a super cool mountain bike. It was half chromoly, half aluminum. Mm -hmm bolted together and uh, yeah I bought his, his Fisher off him and took it back home to England with me yeah, yeah so cool. I should have kept that that would, that would have been worth something on eBay oh my god yeah but, yeah but um yeah so that yeah I got uh I remember the first time I came out it, it was all BMX you know I was hanging out with Tim all the time uh he took me to the POW house right and I met Biggie and uh, you know a bunch of guys Gosh, Dave, I ain't got no pictures from all that Dave Blyther yeah. Uh, yeah I wonder if yeah maybe Tim would yeah, he might. Tim's so low key, you know. Yeah. I know he's around. I see him once in a while at the track. But yeah. When I go down to Bellflower somewhere, but I haven't seen him for a couple of years. Yeah, I remember I was out here too at the same time Marcus was out here. So it was me, Tim, and Marcus, and we would find little jump areas around 
Long Beach, Huntington Beach kind mm. of area, you know, and I would, you know, it'd be like behind a school, you know, a bunch yeah. of jumps. And I remember going to those with them. But um, yeah, the second time I came out and stayed with him, I actually bought Sophie with me. Uh, and we were all into mountain bikes. Uh, me and Sophie were racing mountain bikes at that time. So, yeah, I think I bought, we bought a couple of bikes when we got out here and did a couple of races. I remember racing uh, Palm Springs. There was a pretty big race out there back then, and I raced that. And I remember lining up next to Tinker. Yeah, Tinker Wire. Oh, because he rode BMX, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I remember this guy from BMX. He's still mountain biking as well. He's still got sponsors and everything, hasn't he? Crazy, yeah. So, yeah, it was just so cool to, you know, grow up idolizing these guys and then actually line up next to them on a gate or become friends with them. Yeah. Like you, yourself and Neil too, you know. I always remember saying to Neil like oh my god I, I so wish I was a professional BMX and racer. he wanted to be you exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of being in a band he's yeah. like oh fuck I'd much rather be a singer yeah yeah band, yeah you know? I remember so that yeah grass is always greener you know but yeah that, that was cool and then uh, yeah after I met you and Neil then um, my daughter had started racing then I think she was probably five or six and yeah and you know i'd started getting her out there and uh and it was at the time that you and neil were you mm-hmm. know kind of top of the top of the game so yeah that was cool getting to go out and hang out at the nationals with yeah people like persons if you come to yeah yeah hang out so with Cal people nationals. in reno a few times you mm. know. well that's on my list of things to say and i know we jump in a yeah, we forward a little bit. So you was there at Reno, the the, the famous Chris Mola, <laughs> Harry Leary. Yeah, that, tell us about that. Oh, that was <laughs> excellent. So, yeah, we were we were hanging out in in Mola's pits with him, and uh, who I'd met through Neil, I'm sure. Because Neil would have been on S and M then, yeah, probably around that time. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah so it was the S and M area, I'm sure. So yeah, and I remember seeing seeing. Chris, I think he punted him over the berm, right? They did that a lot, them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot that's of that what going he did that day. And so, yeah, Chris would he, wind him up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he just loved it because yeah. Harry was so intense, mm-hmm. you know. And Chris was loved being the opposite, you know. Yeah, he just didn't give a shit. Um, but yeah, I remember we were sitting there, and my son had, had been born maybe a year before. He was like one years old in his stroller and me and Heidi were there with Lance and I think Taylor was racing and so it was at Reno Taylor was racing and uh yeah we're just sitting there with Chris and he's taking his gear off after the race and he's laughing about what he just did to Harry <laughs> <laughs> and uh before we know it I've come storming Harry <laughs> yeah just fuck it and I, and for I think he I think he swung at Chris I think that he was the one who started he punched Chris mm-hmm. like out of nowhere i don't think chris was expecting it at all uh yeah this big red head you know that was just pissed off and uh and in the scuffle the my son in his stroller got tipped over sideways <laughs> heidi was losing her shit you know fucking screaming yeah. and then because chris had was taking his shoes off after the race he just grabbed one of his vans and slapped harry on the top of the head with his van <laughs> and he had a big waffle print on his head <laughs> it was fucking classic but yeah it was it was super that crazy. story still talked about today you <laughs> know it? like i mean chris yeah. will sometimes talk about it on the podcast the harry leary yeah. Chris Mola rivalry and oh, you know yeah. all the over the years all the poking Chris you yeah know, probably yeah. continues to do yeah yeah, yeah he probably remembers yeah. a kid in a stroller going yeah flying. no he knows I've talked to him about it before. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That was my son, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I still see Chris every now and then. I uh, some vintage motocross stuff. And yeah, he's until I'm, that. I'm gonna go stay with him, and probably later this year or early next year, gonna head out there. So cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was kind of my reintroduction to BMX, and as I say, you guys were were the big names back then, you know. So I started getting to know some of the, you know, the current big names that you guys were hanging out with. Yeah, you know, yeah. So. So yeah, I've always kind of been a BMX groupie, you know, I've never been that good at it. Um, through you, I, I think I met Jamie mm -hmm. and he kind Jamie of, yeah, yeah, and he kind of, I think between the two of you, convinced me I should get back into it. And I remember a friend of ours started his own bike company called Pirate Bikes. Judd. Judd, yeah. yeah, yeah. Judd still races, I think. Does yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm Vegas. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. passionate. Yeah. Yeah, the guy loves it. Uh, made his own bike brand built me a cruiser I think and I started yeah. feeling really comfortable on that out of Paris I'm like okay yeah I'm gonna get back into this and I said you know what Judd how about you build me a super long 20 inch so it's nice and stable but I'm back on a 20 inch you know because I always felt like cruisers were for old men and right. I wasn't quite old enough yet you know so he built me one and I was starting to feel better and better and then before I knew it Bam, I'm on the ground, dislocate my shoulder and yeah, that was that was the last time I've ridden a BMX. Yeah, and it was but you weird. had a revel for a while, didn't you? Didn't you have you twenty four, yeah. Still yeah. have that. Yeah. yeah, that was actually um yeah, when I did my shoulder at Paris, Jamie took me to the hospital. Yeah, I remember that. But um yeah, I Neil gave me his uh he won the British championships in four cross on a revel. Right. A Cromolly Revel. Yeah. And yeah, he gave me that. So I when I did go back out to the track after I yeah, I mean, you used to around shoulder. there, didn't you? Yeah, I used yeah. to just go do some gates and cruise around on that. And I, I still have that. And uh, when I come to the pump track, that's the bike I ride. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool bike with a bit of history, you know. And, I mean, uh, you've been in Temecula because, I mean, you was there way before, so long yeah, time, right? 2000 moved here. So, yeah. You've yeah. seen a lot change here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how much this place has grown. and. Uh, but it's cool. It's hard to leave this area. You know, we're close to the mountains. We're close to the beach. The houses aren't crazy expensive. You know, and and, and if you have kid, kids, which is the reason we moved here, was because the school system Schools. was really good. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's tough to leave. But yeah, now my kids are grown, and I'm at I'm at this big crossroads in life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I met you in. Obviously, I met you with Neil, and then I moved up to Smekula a couple of years later. So I, you know, we became friends, and we started hanging out. And then yeah. some of my friends you got yeah. to meet that came to visit me, and you know, exactly. Nigel Page hung yeah, out. Yeah. We had a good time, me, you, and Page yeah, for definitely. many, many months, winters, yeah. probably years on enough for Page. I think. Oh, always yeah. come back, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had the gentleman's coffee club. That was it. Yeah. I never drunk coffee ever till I met you. <laughs> You know, and I don't know how you talked me into like I didn't. I've never been to Starbucks. I mean, I was almost you know oh, mid thirties. Yeah. But, and you're it's like, hey, lifestyle. Yeah. It's like yeah. hey, you got to come to this coffee in the morning, and then that was it. I was in. We yeah. we started coffee club. Yeah, yeah. Me, you, and yeah. Pagey, and yeah. uh, Ben, Ben Atari. Ben, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was over here. Uh, Australian, Australian road racer, motorbike road racer. Yeah. He was good, wasn't he at the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, won, he won Daytona 200 one year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we had some big names at coffee. Club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd see all kinds of yeah. people in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, and then Pagey got back into BMX, and he he got a pirate as well. Remember? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, the pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, the pirate ship. His pickup truck with yeah. the pirates. That's it. Dale called it the pirate, <laughs> pirate ship. 
Um, but yeah, yeah. So he he started spending more and more time out here, and and uh, yeah. So again, started going to the BMX races again to watch Pagey race. You yeah. Know? So yeah, I've always just loved being at the races. I think it just brings back like a feeling. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to describe exactly what it is, but it's just you know BMX is. Um, I'm so like rooted in it. Yeah, know? yeah. So even though I don't ride anymore, I certainly don't race anymore. It just, uh, yeah, just it was such a passion for me, you know. It just never goes. Same with motocross, you know. I can hang out at motocross race all day, bore the shit out of whoever my partner is at the time. Right, you know? yeah. But I just don't want to leave. I'm not racing. I'm just there Enjoying watching. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite yeah a true just, fan. Yeah, I just love it, you know. So, but uh, yeah, and then I ended up training motocross guys too. Yeah, tell us uh, about that. About you had to. Oh, <laughs> you had to. That's so. That was when the economy really started. It was really good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And there was the motocross yeah. training thing started to work, and then they yeah. they needed trainers, right? Yeah, I'm like Forrest Gump. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I keep doing the. Okay, well, you make you meet stuff. everybody. You meet you're very, you know, good at making friends and stuff, and you obviously yeah. started making friends with a lot of the motor guys, right? Yeah, so I basically was helping out at a bicycle shop up here in Marietta, and um, yeah, it would have been two thousand. 2006 so the economy was doing great everybody was buying all the toys mm -hmm. um, and the guy used to come into the bicycle shop to get his his bikes worked on his name was Johnny Louch and he was a motocross trainer and he's from South Africa so me and him kind of clicked you know a couple of foreigners yeah and um, we, we started road riding a little bit together and I was yeah. Road, road riding. Yeah, you always lot. road riding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was, I was pretty strong at that time. So, and he was a good strong rider. So we would ride together, and he's like, "Holy shit, you can hang! Not many people can hang with me, you know." And, yeah. And so, um, he said, "Hey," he just approached me one day and said, "Hey, I got a question for you. Would you be interested in training motocross races?" Well, I'm like, "Fuck, motocross has been my passion my whole life, but I don't know shit about training. Yeah. I can train myself, but mm. that's it." Well, he's like. Well, it's the same thing if you know how to train yourself if you know periodization and you know recovery and mm. you know you know um he said you just pass that on to these guys you know on a road bike or whatever and then help them with their nutrition and hydration and stretching and stuff like that yeah and the gym um so I was like, well, sure, I guess I'll give it a go. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm a fish out of water, you know. I really, I've never done this before. Oh, yeah, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. He's a smooth talker, Johnny Louch. So he talked me into it. So uh, he said, I'm going to set you up <clears throat> with a friend of mine that needs a trainer. He's just got rid of his trainer um, he's, uh, and he needs a new one. And I can't train him because I currently train Davy Millsaps and they're both 450 guys so mm -hmm. it would be a conflict of interest yeah. so he said i would love to train him he's been a long time friend of mine um but i can't so would you be into it and i was like yeah sure and i didn't even ask him who it was you mm -hmm. know and and uh so he said okay i'm gonna set you up a meeting at starbucks just go meet him talk with him if he likes you you know he'll, he'll hire you so i show up at starbucks and i get there a little bit early and 
in walks Grant Langston, yeah, who, yeah. who was basically three-time world champion. Yeah. And I'm like, you've got to be fucking right. kidding me. <laughs> this guy knows way more about training than I do. But, right. but he didn't. You know, he was just used to being in, in, told in what the, to do. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. That part of his career, it was like leave it to someone else. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we just sat and talked for like an hour, and and at the end of it, he's like, yep, yeah, you're hired. Let's do this. You know. So. Um, yeah, I, I trained him. Unfortunately, pretty soon after that, he got uh, he won the outdoor uh, 450 championship in 2007. And that off season, he found out he was having trouble with his vision all through that season. And in the off season, he went and had a bunch of tests and found out that he had cancer of, of the eyeball, I which that, I yeah, yeah. didn't even realize was a thing, you know? Yeah. So he was going all around the world through the off season, uh, getting different opinions and tests. And uh, so, yeah, basically he had it operated on. Uh, I stayed on as his trainer throughout and kind of kept trying to keep his spirits up, you mm. know, keep him going in the right direction. Uh, and we he did come back and we started going out to Glen Helen and, and, you know, training and practicing and getting laps in and seeing, you know, Basically, he lost the vision in one eye. Mm -hmm. So that was the end result of it. And after a couple of crashes, because he didn't see a rock or he didn't see a pothole, you know, especially if it's the afternoon, he's starting to get shadows on yeah. the track, you know, and he was like, he broke his collarbone in one of the crashes and he's just like, okay, that's it, I can't do it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, by that time, I was training Josh Hill as well and another kid, Kyle Cunningham. So I had a couple of other riders as well at the time. Uh, and I, I stayed training Grant for probably a year or two after he after mm. his you know he basically retired because I think he always hoped that he could come back and we, yeah. we kind of threw Kept around shape. different ideas. He did really good at the X Games in Supermoto as well, Supermotard. Mm -hmm. um, so we thought about maybe road racing, you know, get into a different avenue, and then. The economy crashed in in 08 and everyone lost all their funding you know so i was training josh hill nico izzy right nico izzy you I got some stories about him yeah, 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 yeah yeah he was a character yeah uh yeah i was a babysitter there more than a trainer <laughs> um, and i remember saying to you though like bring me into this man i know how much yeah, he was yeah. making i'm like hey i can road right. ride as well that's right you and know then, yeah and then it crashed yes you know? exactly yeah. everyone went i i think Josh, I don't want to you know, reveal too much about his income, but like he was making a ton of money. He was factory Yamaha mm -hmm. when I was training him. He'd won a Supercross, right? Right, yeah, out in uh, Florida. I think, they, uh, no, it wasn't Daytona. It was somewhere But he'd won a big bike, Supercross, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he beat yeah. Bubba and yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think 08 was still good. Then 09, all the money disappeared, yeah. yeah. And they basically went from making a big fat paycheck every month to bonus only yeah. you would only get paid if you got top three yeah you know so they're they're paying me now more than they're making yeah, a month yeah. you know so it was just like end of trainers yeah um and johnny kept training um he ended up going more towards amateurs he would take on like 10 amateur kids mm -hmm. instead of two pros you know and it yeah. would it, it would level it out it would pay the same but now you're dealing with 10 sets of parents. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me. I was like, oh, not a chance. You know, just the parents I was dealing with training the guys I was, was, you know, that was the hardest part of the job. Yeah. You know? I was a lot of babysitting once. Especially Nico's yeah. dad. Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah i just i just kind of dropped out of it at that time i was like okay i have i've had a good run i've had a good few years you mm. know made some good money and really had a good time i mean i was in heaven going to all the races you know i was vip i know way, i know. You know i was jealous of you your uh, new life oh, it was amazing. yeah, yeah it's amazing so uh yeah i was really getting to getting to enjoy you know the highest level of motocross and supercross and uh but yeah, it ended, and I don't. I think I've maybe been to one pro race since. I think it kind of, and I was actually still riding a bit at that time as well. I'd go race every now and then, and just being that uh, engrossed in motocross every day. I was at practice tracks every day, and then Long every days, weekend, mm. yeah, every weekend uh, races, and on the road bikes, on the gym. It just. Uh, it, it kind of turned me off to motocross. I haven't ridden on a track since, mm. you know, and I, and I haven't been to a race since, you know. I watch them religiously on TV. Like, yeah. I'm still a huge fan, but the idea of going and standing out in the sun on a dusty day, I, vintage racing, like if I know Moller's racing or something, that's awesome. I'd love, yeah, I love mm -hmm. going and watching that kind of stuff, but to go line up and, and I think also when you've been a VIP and yeah, all yeah. these things the now all of a sudden yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah just one of the cattle you know going through the gates and yeah yeah so it's just uh, so yeah I so still a huge fan but I don't go to don't go to the races anymore so yeah and I see some of the guys every now and then I bumped into Grant a couple of months ago and we got completely hammered together yeah, <laughs> yeah I learned how to drink in the last few years but yeah we uh, we got completely wasted and had a good old time in Old Town Temecula for a night you know so it's cool to yeah have been part of their lives yeah you know? a lot so, of them guys are still around here yeah, aren't they yeah and Josh is obviously a freaking huge star now on YouTube and that yeah, and, yeah he's such an amazing rider and a lovely guy him and Grant were mm -hmm. my favourites you know he was so young I remember so, with you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've seen you with him at LA Fitness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it brings a bit more up to see what you're up to now. Then bands seems to like it's see bands kind of back on, and you're on touring the yeah. touring. You just been touring Europe, right? Yeah. So uh, the band never never ended. Um, when I moved here, I assumed the band would end. We did our last gig uh, in London before I moved here, but it didn't turn out to be our last gig. We we re quickly realized i can just fly to any country and i'll just meet the band there you yeah. know we don't need to rehearse we've been playing the same songs for years you yeah know? so we would just meet in tokyo or meet wherever and, mm. it, and it ended up working out so uh basically for the last 30 years uh, once or twice a year i'll just jump on a plane and i'll go meet them it's usually europe we mm. do a lot of germany and spain and and that kind of and england still um and we do you know a week or two of shows and then i just come back home again so it's got to a really nice place now where it's not i'm not on the road for long enough where i'm just sick of it sick of the travel sick of the late nights you know yeah it is kind of like party time for a couple of weeks it's yeah. fun i get to be with the boys again you know we get to reminisce yeah all gigs meet you know fans of the band that used to come and see us in the 80s have stories for us you know it's 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 really it's really a feel-good thing now and really for the last i would say since covid it's starting to grow again i was gonna say watching you guys on instagram your shows yeah, look big it's crazy we're it's selling like out. crazy fans that yeah, just, yeah yeah, yeah every tattoos night and... we're selling out now and we we was like play norwich on a sunday night and sell it out and we couldn't do that in the 80s at, right. our, at our highest point you know yeah so 
it's just yeah i think you know the starvation of music during covid and then maybe people get to our age and they're like i want to still go see bands while i can you mm -hmm. know like cause it's not going to last forever whether we quit and die or whether they quit and die yeah you know? so i think there's just yeah there's just this new inspiration of people wanting to come out and see us so yeah we're just amazingly selling places out again that's and great it's, yeah it's killer it's this last tour we had i think was probably the best tour i can remember it was amazing who are some of the other well-known bands we would know that you've toured and hung out and partied with and stuff? You know, because I I was always just obsessed with my next race, I never really partied yeah. with anybody. But you still met all of those guys met, and travelled and that, right? I met a lot, yeah. And most of that was through that um, university period, through the 80s. And yeah. So, uh, probably... I can't remember all the names of the bands. I remember the House Martins and everything but the girl because I actually liked them. But there were a lot of bands that you know went on to do big things that yeah. we played with. Um, probably our biggest rock star interaction was um, we uh, 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 Robert Plant, the oh, singer wow. of Led Zeppelin. Of course, yeah. So we were basically uh, he he disappeared for two or three years and. Uh, you know, wasn't doing shows, he just took a hiatus from music, so I'm not doing this anymore, disappeared. Um, New Musical Express, the music press that comes out every week. Uh, my brother comes running into my bedroom, we were living together at the time, we shared a house, this is while I was still in England. Comes running in my bedroom, oh my God, read this, and he throws NME in my lap, and I'm just kind of waking up, trying to see what he's in a big fuss about. So Robert Plant is on the front cover, Percy is back, so apparently his nickname is Percy. They'd found Robert Plant and they managed to get an interview out of him. So they're like, oh, you know, they're asking him all these questions. It was a four page interview in the newspaper. And they basically said, you know, what have you been doing? Do you go see any bands? Do you have anything to do with music anymore? Mm -hmm. And he basically said, the only band I still go to see is the Guanabats. Did you know? No, I didn't know he Robert sneaks Plant in the was. back and watches. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. Wow. So once I looked at the picture of him in this paper, I'm like, oh, I recognize that guy. He's always with Lemmy at our shows. So Lemmy from Motorhead, yeah. uh, the singer of Motorhead, of course, yeah. I recognized him because yeah. he's so recognizable oh, yeah. with the warts and shit, yeah, yeah. And long mustache or whatever. But I didn't know who this guy with long blonde hair so he would be. He would bring Robert Plant with him. Exactly. Yeah, they would meet at the shows. They would come together, you know. So, so I said cool. to my brother, oh my God, that's the guy who's always with Lemming when he comes to our shows. But I wasn't a Led Zeppelin fan. Right. So I didn't and obviously know. no social media or nothing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't know what he looked like right. know, until this paper came out. So yeah, so that was, that was, a, that was actually a great moment for us because it put us on the map. I think that was probably 86, uh, somewhere, 85, 86. Mm -hmm. So again, now we're exposed, our name is exposed to people who have never heard of us, you know, so mm -hmm. that, that accelerated our growth pretty quick as well. The Robert Plant gave us the props, Oh, that's really know, cool, so, yeah. Yeah, I still have the newspaper, I have it at home, so. Oh, tell you, should. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, no, that was, that was about it as far as, big names i think john mcenroe was at one of our shows for some reason but uh yeah, yeah. We, we played with the stray cats quite a bit i remember uh, saying that yeah, yeah 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 we toured with them a little bit we played in italy and and quite a few shows in england and uh we we became friends over the years and and uh yeah that was that was a pretty cool connection so uh but yeah as i say music wasn't my passion so i didn't really 
go after wanting you know meeting other musicians or you know being starstruck in yeah. any way I, I would much rather have met Dale Holmes you know? <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> drink coffee <laughs> yeah bring us up to speed now then so bit of van life going on at the moment right yeah yeah so uh still doing the band I'm I'm basically retired other other than the band um which I just do once or twice a year and about six months ago I decided to do van life which is something I've always wanted to do but I've always been in a relationship you know mm-hmm. and so uh, you know my my girlfriend's got a got a kid I can't you know, yeah we, yeah we, we can't take off or whatever but yeah I found myself single about six months ago I'm like you know what now's the time now's the time I should do it so mm-hmm. um, got a, a it's a transit but basically like a sprinter and got on the road with my bikes uh my gravel bike and my mountain bike and just decided i want to go uh right mountain bike all the places i've ever heard of that i've never been to you know whistler and you know um sedona and all these places so so i basically i spent a couple of months in arizona which was amazing way better mountain biking than i anticipated you documented it all if anybody wants to go back and look didn't you you set up a yeah, youtube channel yeah, and on just youtube kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was inspired there for about six weeks and a lot of work it, it, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Thing it's I'm still good though because like update on what you was at, yeah, where you was at on that. Yeah, yeah yeah there was some definitely ups and downs with van life i you know i thought it might just be a dream come true it kind of t- the loneliness abs- aspect of it was yeah. a bit harsh the first month or so you know mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah I, I did document quite a bit of it and uh so i did a couple of months of that and never got out of arizona my plan was because i knew i had to be back in la in june to fly to europe to do some shows yeah so my plan was to do arizona utah and colorado in a couple of months and then go to la to fly out and i never made it out of arizona i spent two months there just riding all these different spots and it was just freaking amazing um so came back to la and basically uh through instagram uh, uh, with a friend in italy i'd come up with this plan to after the tour was done to go spend six weeks in italy afterwards figured i'm yeah my last show of the tour was in spain figured i'd just take a quick flight to italy and go hang out there because italy is the one place that whenever i have traveled there i've always thought i would like to come back here at some point Mm -hmm. not to do shows just to enjoy italy yeah so yeah i had that opportunity presented to me and and i went and took it and so i basically spent six weeks there came back about three weeks ago totally fell in love with italy i'm 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 uh Contem- I'm not not really sure what I'm contemplating at the moment, but uh, <laughs> going I'm back for another adventure. Going back on uh, Sunday for another another six weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I've been back about three weeks, caught up with friends, and I'm going to go stay with my daughter on Thursday for a few days before I fly back to Italy. And yeah, kind of decide whether it's somewhere I might want to relocate to. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I have homes here in California, so I'll always have somewhere to come back to if I want to bounce backwards and forwards or I want to just end up back here again. Yeah. Um, but I, I 
kind of have nothing holding me back at the moment to, to, you know, if I do decide, yeah, I much prefer this lifestyle. I really like the people. Mm -hmm. They have great mountain biking there, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, it could, could be the next, next stage of my life. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, everything's up in the air and kind of a crossroads at the moment. But when I, when I get back from Italy, I'll be doing the van life again um for a few more months i rented my house out that mm -hmm. i i normally live in uh and they they're just renting it for a year so when when that year is up i can either move back into my house or i can continue doing van life or i can you know do six months in italy and six months here or yeah good thing about Not, it you do whatever you want really yeah, at this point yeah, yeah kids I'm are grown up yeah exactly yeah. yeah my son's up in uh up in humboldt going to college uh, my daughter's out in Newport Beach and she's doing great. So yeah, it feels like everyone's, you know, got, got yeah, their yeah. lives going. And you can, you can continue being a pro, as we always joke yeah, about. Pip's yeah, the exactly. ultimate pro. Yeah, yeah, be, decade uh, after decade, yeah. living the pro life. Yeah, and go yeah. back to being a teenager, but this time with, with money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone says I should write a book. You should, you should. <laughs> We're just scraping the yeah. surface on some of this stuff yeah. here, but... Yeah, yeah, it's been an amazing life, you know, to, to be able to still do my, you know, continue on with my passion, which is two wheels, anything on two wheels. I ride a motorbike every day. I don't really drive cars. Uh, and, and every day I mountain bike or road ride. Um, mm -hmm. I won't say never, but I doubt I'll get back out on a BMX. Yeah, car, you will. You never know. With all these pump tracks around here now. Yeah, and yeah. then I see Frogtown and on, yeah. online. I'm like, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you never know. But a twenty inch scares the shit out of me. Oh, you can the big bikes now. You know, yeah, yeah. they got cruiser classes. Still. Well, they've got those. They race on you know um, EC and Lopes racing on the twenty six. Oh, are they racing? Oh, I think they're twenty sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just like a big bike BMX. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I still have Neil's bike so yeah i could get back and out neil there. can make you a nice custom bike i'm sure yeah that's true yeah i need to hit neil up neil i want to turn pro <laughs> <laughs> hey if uh, people want to uh, well, we should definitely do this again because you've got great stories yeah. um you're great great at talking um yes. if people want to follow you the band and that like say you're you're just watching your shows you always got your shirt off obviously you've been covered in tattoos all your life and yeah it's got quite just just watching on instagram it's cool to see yeah, the tattoos were yeah. a great marketing ploy yeah right, back when I was do you six. ever do a show with you've always got your shirt off right that's part always, of the spiel yeah, yeah. yeah i'm a sweaty bastard like i'm yeah. poor with sweat i couldn't yeah. imagine having a shirt on on stage it would just feel awful you yeah know? but yeah, now, now I've got no hair left. I have to wear a hat, but other than that... So me too, I've been doing that for decades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally caught me up. <laughs> yeah, follically challenged. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's always been without the shirt. And that was, yeah, the tattoos really kind of set us apart, I think, yeah. back then. I mean, I got tattooed. I went to your guy and yeah. Randy. Yeah, and, yeah um, was a big inspiration to then I, bad choices. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. That, again, that's another podcast. But yeah. I went to Randy, then I said Maris went to Randy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Beatties, yeah. uh, Liam, That's right. he went to yeah. Randy. Johnny you... Louch went to Randy, the, yeah. the trainer guy, yeah, Randy Jensen down in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, skateboard legend. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you inspired us all in some way. Yeah, in a bad way. <laughs> so. All right, Instagram for uh, you and Instagram for Guanabat, so people want to look you up a little bit more. Yeah, so me, it's just Pip Hancox, P-I-P-H-A-N-C-O-X, and then the Guanabats, I think it's Guanabats official, so Guanabats is spelled G-U-A-N-A, B-A-T-Z. Um, that one doesn't get as much action. There's a couple of people running it and it's, yeah, it's a bit, because we don't play very much. So mm -hmm. There's not a whole bunch to keep putting on there. Yeah. Um, but my one is more active because, you know, I do 
kind of put on you know what most, are you doing? mostly the rest of my life you yeah know, more, yeah more than the band so a lot of like bike stuff and and then uh, yeah when i'm on tour then there'll be quite a few band ones but yeah, yeah over the next couple of months there'll be a lot of italy again so, yeah we'll look yeah. forward to seeing you're always a good follow yeah, so see what i'm up to yeah and, uh, appreciate it yeah sounds good pip good chatting and yeah, uh, we'll so do it again yeah. for sure that'd be awesome let's get out this sweaty van yeah all right cheers cheers